Hey folks, this is David opposing the Matrix. Um, hey, I gotta apologize for not being there on Monday, man. I tell you, I came down with something else. I don't know what it was, but uh, all I know is that I'm feeling a lot better today and that I've lost my taste and smell. So I know that you can lose those things when you have a cold, so I'm kind of hoping that's what it is. <laughs> but if it's not, I'm feeling better and I got over what it was. So, you know, without a shot. Um, good. So, I, um, I saw a video the other day. I was tooling around on a computer. I was sick, had nothing else to do. And between naps, um, I decided that, uh, I'll check out some videos and, and see maybe what we want to talk about tonight. And, um, I decided that tonight, um, we're going to be talking in the show's name is, if the banner ever comes back around, Militarized Robots Kill 29 Scientists in a Japanese Lab, The AI Enigma. Okay. All right. So what's AI? AI is art artificial intelligence. Okay. And uh, something that uh, most Democrats have, uh, artificial intelligence. Uh, and that's, you know, don't get mad at me, Democrats, for saying that, because I'm at least giving you the idea that you got some kind of intelligence. Um. Basically, I don't know where it comes from or where it's going, but um, it's not um, it's not normal intelligence. But anyway, um, I'm getting off the subject here. So if that's true, and it, there's every indication that it is, and um, it's uh, it's alarming. That's the first thing, and you'll hear more about that. <clears throat> Somebody that I've never really <clears throat> gotten along with very much, um, Linda Moulton Howe, is the one that tells this story. And after hearing the story from her, I, I have a bit more respect for her. Um, yeah, I, I read a little about her, too, found out that she used to be a news person. Two different places she was a news person, and, and um, in that she, uh, she's been around the UFO community forever. I, she's been really big in studying cattle mutilations and things like that, which are real. And... Um, so my voice is starting to get funny because my nose is all clogged up. So um, if I start talking like Poindexter, um, you'll know why. <laughs> um, anyway, um, <clears throat> this uh, well, I'm not even going to describe it because if I do, I'm going to be taking the thunder away from the video. <clears throat> so um, anyway, so this uh, this AI thing is <clears throat> sorry, folks is um it's quite serious i think anyway and um okay anyway uh i'm sorry i, I was kind of a mid-thought somewhere else um but uh we're gonna hear from elon musk who warns us about ai but i think this is the same guy that was showing off his robot the other day now i don't know if he's not using ai in the robot or what but um it's uh it's quite interesting uh, and i hope he's not because if he is then he's a humongous hypocrite but uh someone would say that he's that anyway but you know what they say about opinions um anyway so uh yeah i've always been kind of an um antagonist when it comes to uh ai and robotics uh you know because uh Look how many people in the automobile industry lost their jobs because they got robots that could weld. Uh, basically, a car line is um, probably about a third of the manned as it used to be. And um, 
it's uh, I don't know. A lot of people have been put out of work, and uh, it's all in the in the name of saving money and making things more efficient. But um, you got to ask a question, you know, and especially when it comes to uh, AI soldiers and uh, and things like that. Um, yes, they could do probably do a better job than we can. And they could probably do it faster and more cost-effective and everything else. But when that that human humanity comes into it, the human with the soul, the human with the spirit, um, what do you do about that? You know, because they don't they don't have that. They lack that. And you could give it a personality and everything, and say that it's uh, it's got a, a sentience about it, but it doesn't. And um, so, you know, uh, I was watching a video the other day. It was kind of neat, actually. It was uh, a humongous hypocrisy in World War One because, oh, I'll explain it in a minute, but um, there was a, a time, one of the Christmases during World War One, where um, I think it was a, a Brit or an American um, decided that they wanted a, a ceasefire for Christmas. And... Uh, he was just a normal soldier, like any other soldier. And he kind of stuck his head up, or his hand up first, and then he stuck his head up, and and then he got out of the um, the, the ditch. And uh, it wasn't a foxhole. They had ditches back then. And, um, and started walking forward. One of the Germans got out and started to do the same thing. And uh, they finally met in the middle and uh, shook hands. And then pretty soon all the soldiers came out from both sides. And I guess they played a little bit of soccer and and um, and just had a good time with one another. And then finally realized they had to go back to their foxholes. And, and I've read uh, accounts of that story and um, how the military or the leaders, the generals and stuff were kind of pissed about that because uh, the soldiers found it very hard to fire on each other after that. And it figures that the higher-ups in the military and the elites and the ones that start wars, um, they don't want soldiers doing that because the soldiers realize their you know, humanity of the other soldiers and, uh, and realize, hey, you know, I've touched this guy's hand, I've squeezed his hand, squeezed his hand and, and uh, you know, he shared his chocolate with me and, and I shared something with him and and we got to develop a little bit of our friendship there. Now I got to go over and kill this guy. Well, I don't feel like doing that, <laughs> you know. And uh, so familiarity bred contempt of the war and of, of shooting one another and, and firing bullets at one another and um, and bombs and missiles and everything else. Uh, probably not missiles, but uh, cannon fire and stuff. But um, anyway, so where do we go? Oh, yeah. So imagine that if it was two robots, uh, armies fighting against each other, you think they'd do that at Christmas? No, they wouldn't, right? Um, do you think that they would shake each other's hands and that they would get into a soccer game with each other or, or that they would even just sit with one another and talk about who, who made them, who created them? Um, you know, whose software do you have? I, you know, I have Microsoft software. Who do you have? Well, I have Deutschware uh, software, you know, and, and uh, so, you know, that, that wouldn't happen because there's no soul. There's no feeling there. There's no empathy. There's no realizing, hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I looked into this guy's eyes and now I can't shoot him. 
a robot can't think like that. Artificial intelligence cannot think like that. And um, it's only as good as what it tells itself to do or what people tell it to do. So um, you lose the humanity. And then you're going, well, war, is that humanity? Well, yeah, in a certain regard it is. But um, people celebrate not so much winning a war, but the fact that the war is over, you know. And, um, yeah, if you're the winner of the war, yeah, you celebrate it a little bit. But for the most part, you're glad that you don't have to ship your son or grandson off to war. Or nowadays, your daughter or granddaughter. And uh, you celebrate the fact that there's peace in the world, you know. And finally, again, after after a conflict. And uh, robots wouldn't do that. AI wouldn't do that. Okay, it would be okay. That fighting's over. Where are you going to put me next? You know, it's... You've heard the term robotic. He acted robotic, you know, and well, um, I, I, AI, I feel, is the um, the the computer version of um, psychopathy. Um, and so, uh, uh, so sociopathy, I'm sorry, I'm a little fuzzy today, folks, and um, it, like I said, if this was covid that we had a very light case of it and um but my brain's a little fuzzy and i i did something really stupid before i picked up something that something that a can of soda was resting on and it spilled all over the place i don't do stuff like that well anyway i'm, I'm getting off on this tangent sorry um so anyway getting back to this humanity factor it's missing and I want to, after we watch these videos, I want to present something else, too, that, that might be kind of uh, introspective or, you know, we, we, we can put with this story. And it might fit into a prophecy kind of way. Okay. So, anyway, I'm going to start out um, with a video. Um, to tell you the truth, I kind of forgot the title of it. But I found it online, and uh, we're going to go ahead and watch it, okay? So, five, four, three, two, one, and here we go. I do want to play a video. Now, there have been videos in the past that have gone viral and that have been totally and utterly fake. Things like Boston Dynamic uh, humanoid robots, like, going through uh, shooting mazes and, like, you know, acting like police. People go, oh, my God, they have they have armed soldiers. You know, they have robot soldiers now. No, no, those are fake. And it's kind of obvious. It's easy to tell that they're, uh, that they're fake. But this latest video that's come out, I can't tell if it's fake or not. So this is where I need the, the crew's input as to whether you guys think this is a fake video or whether this is a real video of the dystopian hell into which we are rapidly descending. So let's go now to uh, clip number 19, here is uh, the latest in technological horror, a robot dog with a giant machine gun on its head. Let's watch. So there it is, folks. Uh, if you're a radio listener, we are seeing the uh, Boston Dynamics style. I don't know if this is Boston Dynamics or not, but the Boston Dynamics style robot dog with a fully armed gun firing at targets on a range. Now, again, we've seen videos like this before that have been obviously CGI'd and faked. This looks real to me. Crew, what do you guys think? Real or fake? I think it's real. Extra real. It's actually like the... It's the next iPod. You know, everyone's going to have one. You, instead have of having a gun, you're going to have a I'm gun cool dog. That. I'm cool with that. 
I'm for that. No, you want to you want to give everybody a, a dog with a, a robot dog with a gun? Freaking cool. Let's do that. But no, I think this is going to be strictly in the purview of uh, the military industrial complex and their despicable. Think about it. What if we had at InfoWars instead of like we trade in the battle tank for like a nice little compact robo dog that goes with us to all the protests? Oh my god, that'd be great. You know what I mean? Yeah, the we old- go to a protest. Some guy comes up out of nowhere, the flagpole, then boom, Spike just jumps on him. Just uh, load Hits up him in the nuts. Load up, load up the gun with uh, like uh, pepper balls or or just like spray paint or something. Wow. Just, pss, pss. <laughs> Quick little just, something, something. Or just there is a there is strictly an intimidation factor. I don't know, but yeah, uh, pretty horrifying stuff. So the whole crew thinks that's real, right? I thought it was real, but there's been times where I've I've shown videos and the crew's gone, "Here's that's fake." So I think it's real. The crew thinks it's real. I think uh, so. I guess I guess as we're playing dystopian bingo, you can find the uh, Fahrenheit 451 column and go down to the robot dog, you know. You know police murder weapon and uh, and fill that in you get that one in we almost have bingo now <laughs> you've got you've got brave new world with the with the pedophilia and the lack of uh oh this is real huh okay so we have a story about it video of a robot dog equipped with a submachine gun is circulating on social media months after a man living in russia posted frightening footage of the dystopian killing machine on youtube so i don't think they're uh I mean, this this isn't something that like a single guy can come up with, right? The, to to build these dogs, to build this robot, is something that you need a sophisticated, you know, corporate or uh, you know, military manufacturing base. But you see the way it like ro- it kind of rocks back because of the the um, you know feedback from the gun. It's just horrifying. There's something horrifying about the, the very quick tapping of the feet as it's like firing weapons, firing bullets. So there you go. Next horrific step towards uh, you know artificial intelligence, control and domination. It really is. It, it's here, folks. It's here. Okay. Oh, I was thinking about all the different names. What would you name a dog like that? Would it be uh, Ruger? Would be a good name. Colt would be another one. Smith, Wesson, um, Marlin. Yeah, that'd be another one. Uh, anything uh, Heckler, Heckler or Koch would be another one. All right. <laughs> Just name it after a gun manufacturer, for goodness sakes. And when you took it for a walk, when it fired the bullets, that would be the, the, the shell cases would be the equivalent of it's leaving a real dog, leaving its little mess on the side. Right. And think about it. You know, you could take any size of that dog out and the pit bulls aren't going to mess with you anymore. Right. Neither are the Doberman pincers or the, um, you name your aggressive dog, you know? <laughs> so, um, yeah, there's, there's a bunch of little jokes that could come out of that real easy. Um, but uh, and, and you would make sure that you fed it twice a day. Uh, I don't know what would eat um, a case of machine oil or um, maybe maybe it eats the bullets. I don't know. Um, so but uh, anyway, um, getting back to a more serious note. Um, yeah, it was kind of freaky, huh? It really is. It's. Uh, can you imagine that? You know, if, uh, you're you're a rebel according to the New World Order, and all of a sudden you see this thing coming, tap dancing up to your front door, and 
I don't know. Unless it has sensors on it, I think it'd be pretty easy to just uh, tip over or something, you know. But it had a pretty impressive gun it had on it, you know. It really was. But uh, I don't know. I, uh, I, I think I'm making too much of a light out of a very serious thing. But uh, I wouldn't want to mess with it. I really wouldn't. And uh, I wouldn't want to be on the wrong end of it either. <laughs> so... Anyway, uh, that having been said, uh, the next video I, you know, he mentioned real. Oh, by the way, that was from um, Infowars, Alex Jones' site. Okay, so thank you, Infowars, for that insightful and uh, I don't know, kind of amusing video and scary at the same time. So uh, next, what we're going to see, um, I do, I think it might be from Infowars also, and it's about a. a kind of a freaky scary looking robot now folks in the past i've shown these videos before okay to be be fair and um you know in, in a prior um uh, opposing matrix show and um but i you know with the uh the the killing or murder of 29 scientists or robotic scientists or you know robotic engineers whatever you want to call them over in japan this is taken on a whole new light okay and when we watch the uh, the third video yeah you we could tie more stuff together after the third video but the second video is um uh, i believe it's real it looks real to me okay there's just too much involved in it for for me anyway for it to be cgi or something like that and um <laughs> and the test that they were putting it through was uh quite awesome now the end of it um i've never seen before okay i've seen this video a number of times but this seems to be like the uncut version and the end of it it goes take it picks up the dog and goes taken off so um it's quite possible it's a it's a prank i don't know but um the fact that if it is a if it is a parody or prank the fact that a, a common person can make up something like this, okay? Just being a common person, if it's made up, um, means that people that are imaginative and want to make stuff like this, if, if these people can, can do it, then they can do it, okay? And, and something like this might actually be about 20 years behind the times. We don't know what they have in store. But um, there's a bunch of little uh, robotics things that they're going to show in this video, and some of it's quite kind of freaky, and some of it reminds me of uh, maybe the 200 million man army. No, what am I saying? Uh, the creatures, the the locust creatures that come out of the bottomless pit. Now, probably about 10 years ago, on one of our shows, nah, probably about five years ago, um, I posted something that looked quite interesting. It was. Um, uh, actually, it's an article on the delusion resistance, actually. And um, I, I found a picture of an Israeli uh, uh, robot like this, but it looked like a dragonfly. And um, it had what looked like a stinger on its tail. And I'm like, my goodness, this is almost has the, the exact, uh, it's a representation of the exact uh, description of what's going to come out of the, uh, the abyss, or the abyss, excuse me, and, uh, and torment mankind. And the article in that was showing this uh, said, yes, they, they can kill. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Well, if they can kill, then they can send them out to torment people, too. So there might be some place in, in, the, uh, in some big uh, dumb base, you know, deep underground military base where they're manufacturing these things. Um, or, 
you know, it's Nephilim manufacturing them or whatever. So uh, anyway, let's go ahead and watch the second video. And uh, you let me know if it looks real to you, okay, or not. I think it looks real, but who am I? Uh, but a bunch of eyes looking at it could uh, definitely say yay or nay.
We have one-to-one motion capture in real time in Unity. What's the coolest thing we can do? Okay, that's enough of that. Um, now, it, it seemed to obey commands. Now, it, it was programmed not to shoot at humans, okay? Uh, I read this um, the last time I did this. And um, and it, it obeyed pretty well. You notice that it had uh, the one uh, area it had to distinguish which was a human, which was a dummy, which was a human. Actually, it had to do that twice, but... Um, Thank God it picked the right thing both times. But uh, anyway, uh, did you see when um, he uh, he had the AR or excuse me AK forty seven and uh, the robot had a pistol and uh, he shot you know several shots down into the ground and uh, the robot finally was uh, you know just getting real nervous, kind of like pointing at him like he wanted to shoot the human so bad. And um, and the guy had to show him that he was a human. Okay, he pulled his mask down real quick because I think he realized that this thing was getting ready to, you know, 86 him. And um, so anyway, he, uh, he, um, they, they bring the thing around and, uh, but it started to disobey because uh, when they were showed at the dog, it kind of um, it kind of looked at it like you know this is one of one of us, you know, one of the robots, and uh, they want me to kill it. And uh, he looked at them, you know, and and finally he took a shot at the feet of both of them and uh, grabbed the dog and ran away. Now, if this is real, then there was a malfunction in the um, in the AI in this thing. And uh, it actually started to realize that they want me to shoot one of my own. So I'm going to grab this thing and take off. Um, frankly, I think it's a real video, but uh, it was quite interesting. <laughs> it really was. It uh, Watching it, uh, I don't know, it just uh, made me kind of leery about what the future holds for us. And... Uh, if this, these things aren't regulated and uh, they're, they're allowed to build these things and um, I think they're going to build them by the hundreds, hundreds of millions um, but uh, we'll get into that in a little while anyway the next one is with Linda Moulton Howe and uh, talking about um, the, the actual event that happened in Japan and uh, how she found out about it and it also has Elon Musk talking about the dangers of AI okay so let's go ahead and progress with that, and then we'll uh, we'll go from there. Hello there. So a while ago, I uploaded a video talking about the allegations made by the conspiracy theorist Linda Moulton Howe on a terrifying incident that took place in a Japanese robotics lab where four autonomous robots killed 29 scientists before they could finally shut them down by dismantling them completely. At a top robotics company in Japan this week, Four robots being developed for military applications killed 29 humans in the lab. And they did it by shooting what he called metal bullets. I didn't know there was any other kind. The scariest part is that lab workers deactivated two of the robots, took apart the third, but the fourth robot began restoring itself and somehow connected to an orbiting satellite to download information about how to rebuild itself 
even more strongly than before. And this, this next sentence, is a, this is a quote. I'm, I'm writing this down. I've been doing this for years. This is serious, Linda, but you're never going to hear about this in the news. A lot of viewers were skeptical, while others did not rule out the possibility of this actually happening. So I found this clip from an interview she did after the fact where she explains in detail how she got this information and who was the whistleblower that actually conveyed this news to her in the first place. In the clip I'm about to show you, she also talks about how Elon Musk knew about these kinds of experiments and how he warned the world before this incident even happened. July, August of 2017. In the prior year, I had been communicating with uh, a Marine who had retired from the Marines, but was working special forces. And he had been communicating to me about a number of ET related revelations, secrets that he and a team of special forces were involved with. And so he had kept in touch with me, usually through short texts or every once in a while, he would call and say, uh, you're tapped. Uh, I'm tapped. I'm only going to speak for, and it would be like 30 seconds or a minute, and then hang up. And we, I understood why, and that was what we were doing. Okay. Well, uh, it was in uh, August of 2017. The phone rang. I picked it up. I knew his voice. Uh, can't stay on the line long, but I want you to know that this week, which would have been uh, the, I think, second week of August 2017, in Japan, 29 humans were killed in a laboratory that was producing militarized robots by the Japanese for warfare. And then he went on to explain what he had learned, because they're in these units, that something like that that would happen, they would receive information. And he said that the story was the four militarized robots were being made to be autonomous warriors and that they don't know why, but the four rebelled or acted autonomously. And as they acted autonomously, they killed 29 humans in this lab. And the, whoever was left on the human side began pulling, this is the way he said, they began pulling the robots apart. They got two of them completely disassembled, were working on the third, and then the uh, analysis later was what happened with the fourth. The fourth was communicating with a satellite that they were teaching these militarized robots, how to communicate with the satellites to get information on missions. And that the fourth robot was now extending up to the satellite and was searching for information about how to make itself stronger to take on, apparently, the remaining humans. What did they do exactly to that fourth? I don't know. But I understand they took it apart. Would they ever put them back? together. So now we're up to a point in August of 2017 where I'm hearing a story that is shocking and uh, uh, I, I would say is like a warning that hits you out of the blue. 
that if in August of 2017, four militarized robots being taught to be autonomous could do that in a lab, it made Elon Musk only uh, two months before, in June, at the Rhode Island Governors Association meeting. There were 30, 33 governors from the United States, and Elon Musk was one of the invited speakers. And when they sat him down in a chair, and they started asking him his perspective as being head of Tesla and X of SpaceX, he said, I think that the greatest problem that scares me the most is artificial intelligence. And he said statements like, people don't understand that the robots, they are not going to need sleep. They're not going to need sick days. They're going to be able to do everything better, faster, more efficiently, and smarter than humans. And then he went on and he said, I am convinced that artificial intelligence right now is an existential threat to this planet. The meeting she mentioned in the clip was the National Governors Association meeting, or the NGA, where the governors of 55 states meet twice a year to discuss issues of national and state importance and to develop policy initiatives that address the most pressing issues facing the states. The meeting also provides an opportunity for governors to meet with representatives from the federal government and the private sector. In 2017, Elon Musk attended the NGA meeting and had an hour-long interview where he expressed his opinion on several subjects, including artificial intelligence. Uh, somebody asked me to ask you this. We, we talked about workforce today, but they asked me, are robots going to take our jobs, everybody's jobs in the future? Or how, how much do you see artificial intelligence coming into the, the workplace? Um, well, first of all, I, I think on the artificial intelligence front, um, you know, I, I have exposure to the very, the very most cutting edge um, AI. Um, uh, and I think people should be really concerned about it. Um, I keep so sounding the alarm bell, but you know, until people see like robots going down the street killing people, like they don't know how to react, you know, because it seems so ethereal. Um, and um, I think we should be really concerned about AI. And I think we should. This is, AI is a rare case where I think we need to be proactive in regulation instead of reactive. Um, because I think by the time we are reactive in AI regulation, it's too late. Um, and no, normally the way regulations are set up is that a whole bunch of bad things happen. There's a public outcry. The, the, and then after many years, a regulatory agency is set up to regulate that industry. Um, and there's a bunch of opposition from companies who don't like being told what to do by regulators. Um, anyway, it takes forever. Um, that, that in the past ha has been bad, but not um, something which represented a, uh, you know, a fundamental risk to the existence of civilization. AI is a fundamental risk to the existence of human civilization. Um, in a way that car accidents, uh, airplane crashes, um, faulty drugs, uh, 
or bad food were, were not. They were not. They, they were harmful to, to uh, a set of individuals within society, of course, but they were not harmful to society as a whole. Um, AI is a fundamental existential risk for human civilization, and I don't think people fully appreciate that. Um, you know, it's not. It's not fun being regulated. It's not. You know, uh, it can be pretty irksome, but. Uh, you know, in the car business, we, you know, we get regulated uh, by Department of Transport, by EPA, and a bunch of others. Um, and, and there's regulatory agencies in every every country. You know, in the in space, uh, we get regulated by FAA. Um, and um, but but you know, if you ask the average person, hey, you want to do you want to get rid of the FAA, um, and just like. Take a, take a chance on manufacturers not cutting corners on the aircraft because uh, you know profits were down that quarter. Uh, I was like, eh, hell no. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> that sounds terrible. <laughs> so um, you know, I think even people who are pretty you know, extremely like libertarian free market, they'd be like, yeah, we should probably have somebody keeping an eye on the aircraft companies, making sure they build a good aircraft um, and good cars and that kind of thing. So. You know, I think there's there's a role for regulators. Um, that's very important, um, and I'm against overregulation for sure. Uh, but man, we I think we better get on that with AI, Afrano. Um and uh, so, so there'll certainly be a lot of job disruption um, because what's going to happen is robots will be able to do everything better than us. I'm inclu I'm including. I mean, all of us, you know. Um, yeah, I'm not sure exactly what to do about this. <laughs> um, it's like the, it's the, like it, this is really like the scariest problem to me. I'll tell you. Um, and um, yeah, so I really think we need government regulation here, just because this is, you know, ensuring the public good is served. Because you've got companies that are racing, that they kind of have to race to build AI, or they're going to be uh, made uncompetitive. You know, like the, essentially, if your competitor is racing to build AI and you don't, they will crush you. So then you're like, ah, we don't want to be crushed. So, uh, you know, I guess we need to build it too. Um, that's where you need the regulators to come in and say, hey guys, um, you all need to really, you know, just pause and make sure this is safe. And like when when it's cool and we're convinced and the regulators are convinced that it's safe to proceed, then you can go. But otherwise, slow down. Um, and but long, but you kind of need the regulators to do that for for all the teams in the game. You know, uh, otherwise the shareholders will be saying like, hey, why aren't you developing AI faster? Um, because your competitor is. I'm like, oh, okay, we better do that. Um, Anyway, so it's like, I mean, there's like something like 12 percent of jobs are transport. Transport will be one of the first things to go fully autonomous. But when I say everything, like the robots will be able to do everything, bar, bar nothing. Let's move back to your rolling out the. My personal opinion about this have not changed since the last time. There is not enough evidence to support these claims. However, since we will not have access to such evidence even if it existed, 
All I have to do about this is hope this is just another far-fetched conspiracy theory. If you have enjoyed this video, please leave a like and consider subscribing to the channel. Okay, that was by a user in Rumble called Artificial Intelligence. Go visit his site, it's pretty interesting. <clears throat> um, anyway, uh, where was I going with this? <laughs> um, artificial, oh yeah, I wanted to look at an article that was on Yahoo!, and uh and after this we can talk because i've got kind of a thing i'm wondering about as a matter of fact before i do that i want to go into blue letter bible and look up a scripture because it's uh uh yeah it's in matthew um i always use blue letter, blue letter bible folks it's it's incredible it really is it's uh you can do word searches and word studies and it's got um commentaries i'm not really big on commentaries i believe the holy spirit's the best uh commentary that there is okay all right i just gotta look for a little phrase here uh, okay there we go Okay. Okay, now that I've got that, I can move on to this. Uh, next thing I wanted to do, I can... Okay, there's an article on Yahoo News. It was um, published September 29, 2021. It says it's a seven-minute read. It was by James Daw, professor of English, McAllister College, wherever that is. Uh, the article's name is an autonomous robot may have already killed people. Here's how the weapons could be more stable, destable. Here's how weapons could be more destabilizing than nukes. Pardon me. Um, I don't mean to sniff into the microphone, but it is what it is. Uh, okay. There's a picture here with a, it's, um, looks like a mini robot tank with a, looks like an M60, uh, machine gun on it. Uh, man, it's fully loaded too. Um, and under the picture, it says the term killer robot often conjures images of te uh, Terminator like humanoid robots. Militaries around the world are working on autonomous machines that are less scary looking, but no less lethal. And that was uh, said by John F. Williams, U.S. Navy. Okay. Autonomous weapon systems commonly known as killer robots may have killed human beings for the first time ever last year, according to a recent United Nations Security Council robot, excuse me, report on the Libyan civil war. See, at first I thought this was going to be about in Japan, but uh, there's something else. History could well identify this as the starting point of the next major arms race, one that has potential to be humanity's final one. Autonomous weapon systems are robots with lethal weapons that can operate independently, selecting and attacking targets without human weighing in on those decisions. In other words, without a person with a soul and a spirit, or a conscience for that matter. Uh, militaries around the world are heavily in, uh, investing heavily in autonomous weapons research and development. The U.S. alone budgeted um, $18 billion dollars for autonomous weapons between 2016 and 2020. Meanwhile, human rights and humanitarian organizations are racing to establish regulations and prohibitions on such weapon development. Without such checks, foreign policy experts warn that the disruptive autonomous weapons technology will dangerously destabilize current uh, strategies, uh, both because they could radically change perceptions of strategic dominance increasing the risk for preemptive attacks 
and because they be- could become combined with um, chemical, biological, radiological, and nuclear weapons themselves. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to chuckle, but I had this vision of instead of Hitler's tanks coming over the marginal line, uh, these little tanks with uh, guns on them all coming over at the same time. It was kind of a funny little um, vision I had in my head. Um, uh, as specialists in human, right, in human rights with a focus on the weaponization of artificial intelligence, I find that autonomous weapons make the unsteady balances and fragmented safeguards of this nuclear world, for example, the president's minimized constrained authority to launch a strike, more unsteady, uh, more unsteady and more fragmented. Uh, lethal X. Oh, yeah, this is going to be good. Let me read, uh, show you this little video that's on here. Fortunately, uh, actually, you can't see it, huh? Okay, we won't show the video then. Um, I see four primary dangers with autonomous weapons. The first is the problem of misidentification. When selecting a target, will autonomous weapons be able to distinguish between hostile soldiers and 12-year-olds playing with toy guns? Good point. Uh, between civilians fleeing a conflict site or insurgents making a tactical retreat? Another good point. The problem here is not that machines will make such errors and humans won't. It's that the difference between a human error and alchemistic or uh, algorithmic error is like the difference between uh, mailing a, a letter and tweeting. The difference, uh, no, excuse me, the scale, scope, and speed of killer robot systems ruled by one targeted targeting algorithm deployed across an entire continent could make misidentifications by individual humans like a recent U.S. drone strike in Afghanistan seem like mere rounding errors by comparison. Autonomous weapons expert Paul Shari, spelled S-C-H-A-R-R-E, uses the metaphor of the runaway gun to explain the difference. A runaway gun is a defective gun that continues to fire after the trigger is released. The gun continues to fire until ammunition is depleted because, so to speak, the gun does not know it's making an error. Runaway guns are extremely dangerous, but fortunately they have human operators that can break the ammunition link and try to point the weapon into a safe direction. Autonomous weapons, by definition, have no such safeguard. Another good point. Importantly, weaponized AI needs to be... uh, AI need not even be defective to produce a runaway gun effect as multiple studies on algorithmic errors across the industries have shown the very best algorithms um, operating as design can generally internally uh, correct outcomes that nonetheless spread terrible errors um, rapidly across populations Uh, I cite this is me I cite uh, the algorithms that uh, all these um, social things use to uh, uh, to knock us off the internet. <laughs> uh, it's called rapid overkill. Okay. Okay. For example, a neutral net designed to use uh, for use in Pittsburgh Hospital identifies asthma as a risk reducer in pneumonia cases. Uh, image recognition software used by Google identified. Uh, African-Americans as gorillas, and a machine learning tool used by Amazon to rank the job candidates systematically assign negative scores to women. Having asthma and having had pneumonia, I can 
say safely say that uh, yeah, that was an error. <laughs> um, the problem is not just when AI systems err, but they err in bulk. Uh, it is what they is what they err. Uh, their makers often don't know why and as they and <clears throat> why they did, and therefore how to correct them. The black box program for of AI makes it almost impossible to imagine moral responsible development of autonomous weapons and systems. Interesting. Uh, the proliferation problem. The next two dangers are problems of low and low end and high end proliferation. Let's start with the low end. The military develop developing. Uh, autonomous weapons now are proceeding on the assumption that they will be able to contain and control the use of auto, automate, excuse me, autonomous weapons. But if the history of weapons technology has taught the world anything, it is this, weapons spread. Uh, market pressures could result in the creation of widespread sale of what can be thought of as autonomous weapons equivalent to the Kalashnikov auto rifle, uh, killer robots that are cheap effective and almost impossible to contain as they circulate around the globe. Kalashnikov autonomous weapons could get into the hands of people outside the government control, including international and domestic terrorists. High-end proliferation proliferation is just as bad. However, it's just as bad, however, uh, nations could compete to develop increasingly devastating versions of autonomous weapons, including one capable of mounting chemical, biological, radiological, and nuclear arms. Uh, the moral dam- dangers of escalating weapons lethality would be amplified by escalating weapons use. High-end autonomous weapons are likely to lead to more frequent wars because they will decrease two of the primary forces that have historically prevented and shortened wars, Concern for civilians abroad and concern for one's own soldiers. The weapons are likely to be equipped with expensive ethical governors designed to minimize collateral damage using what the UN Special Rapporteur Agnes uh, Calamard has called the myth of a surgical strike to quell moral protest. Uh, Autonomous weapons will also... Uh, reduce both the need for and the risks to one's own soldiers, dramatically altering the cost-benefit analysis that nations undergo while undergo while launching and maintaining wars. Okay, a systematic or excuse me, asymmetric wars—that is, wars waged on soil on the soil of nations that lack competing technology—are likely to become more common. Uh, think about the global instability caused by the Soviet, by the Soviet and U.S. military interventions during the Cold War, from the first proxy war to the blowback experience around the world today. Uh, multiply that by every country currently aiming for high-end autonomous weapons, uh, undermining the laws of war. Finally, um, autonomous weapons will undermine humanity's final stopgap against war, crimes, and atrocities. Uh, the international laws of war. These laws, codified in treaties reaching as far back as 1864, as the Geneva Convention, are the international thin blue line separating war with honor and from massacre. Uh, they premise on the idea that people can be held accountable for their actions even during wartime, and the right to kill 
other soldiers during combat does not give the right to murder civilians. A prominent example of someone held to this account is uh, Slobodian uh, Milosevic, uh, former president of the Federal Republic of Yugoslavia, who was indicted on charges against humanity and war crimes by the UN, UN's International Crime Criminal Tribunal for the former uh, Yugoslavia. You know what's interesting about this, folks? You know, this whole thing fits into this vaccine crap. You know, it's uh, talk about people being held responsible. You know, nations can be held responsible for for what's done during war. If you were around during Vietnam, you remember uh, Lieutenant Kelly? Um you know, and the orders he received to slaughter a whole village, you know, and um, he was taken to task for that and he was um, prosecuted for that. Uh, but the, uh, but Pfizer and, and Moderna and other drug companies can't be, I tell you, it's a criminal act. It really is. Um, let's see, let's continue with the article here. But can autonomous weapons be held accountable? What is the blame for a rope? Who is to blame for a robot that commits war crimes? Who would be put on trial? The weapon? The soldier? The soldier's commanders? The corporation that made the weapon? Non-governmental organizations and experts in international law worry that autonomous weapons will lead to serious accountability gap. To hold the soldier criminally responsible for deploying an autonomous weapon that commits war crimes, prosecutors would need to prove uh Actus reus uh, and mens rea, Latin terms describing a guilty act and a guilty mind. Uh, this would be difficult as a matter of law and possibly unjust as a matter of morality, given that autonomous weapons are inherently unpredictable. I believe that the distance separating the soldier from the independent decisions made by autonomous weapons is rapidly evolving uh, environments is simply too great. Okay, the legal and moral challenges is not made easier by shifting the blame up the chain of command or back to the site of production. In a world without regulations that mandate meaningful human control of autonomous weapons, there will be a work, there will be work crimes and no war criminals to hold accountable. The structure of the laws of war, along with their deterrent value, will be significantly weakened. Amen to that. Um, then it talks, oh, here, I'm almost at the end. That's good. Uh, imagine a world where uh, this uh, part of the article is called a new globes, global arms race. Imagine a world in which militaries, insurgent groups, and international and domestic terrorists can deploy theoretically unlimited lethal force at theoretically zero risk at times and places of their choosing. Uh, with no resulting legal accountability. It's a world where the sort of unavoidable algorithm, I can't say it anymore, algorithm, yeah, those errors that plagued even tech giants like Amazon and Google can now lead to the elimination of whole cities. In my view, the world should not repeat the catastrophic mistakes of the nuclear arms race it should not sleepwalk into dystopia. You know, something flashed into my brain, folks, when I was reading this. Um, you know, it's it's not a uh, it's not wrong to say that a lot of people that are involved in um, these mass murders, uh, you know, at schools and stuff like that, 
were also into video games. And I knew a woman named Kathy years ago. I can't even remember her last name anymore, but she lived down in um, in El Dorado County, down in California. And um, I was talking to her one day, and she says, I figured out why, why video games, why so many of these kids go in and shoot up schools after video games. I mean, you know, why they go in and shoot up schools. She goes, when they play video games, it's eye to brain, eye to brain, eye to brain, you know, which is what a computer would be, right? Eye to brain. But when you do something, before video games were ever invented, when you did something, you had to run it through your heart, too. It went into your eyes, went to your heart, and up to your brain. And your heart would tell you that you're doing something wrong. You just had this feeling that what you were doing was wrong. Or you knew that what you were doing was wrong because it would have implications that you wouldn't want happening to you, you know? And that being the case... When you're playing the video games and it was going right from eye to head, you know, or game to brain, game to brain. When they went in and shot up schools, they didn't have a feeling about it because when you play these stupid games, you know, at least this is what I believe. You don't have a feeling about it. You're, you're killing people in these games, shooting up other soldiers, uh, downing airplanes, uh, whatever, you know, not realizing that. In a real life, that if you were shooting down planes, people would die on those planes. And if you shot a helicopter, a lot of soldiers would die on that. You know, and I'm talking real death, not simulated death, not digital death, but physical, down and dirty death. Okay? So, by not having to think about it and not not uh, being, uh, that's a good word, desensitized to what, actual killing is people can go in and shoot up places and not really have any any thought about it you know maybe later they would feel it but many of them don't you know it's it's a tragedy it's uh it's an enigma just like this whole thing that we're talking about is an enigma um but um getting back to the point here um wow that took a lot of time to read that article <laughs> Um, I had a thought and I'm not going to share the screen, but, um, there's a funny little scripture in Matthew when he's talking, you know, they ask Yeshua, you know, what are the signs of your coming in the end of the age? And, uh, 24 and 25 of Matthew, he goes into a lot of detail uh, what the end times is going to be like. I like Matthew 24. When I was, a uh, uh, <laughs> uh my brain was all messed up with drugs and everything when I was a teenager. I had a friend, my best friend, Jerry. His dad's name was Charlie. I'll say his name, Charlie Getz. I uh, lived in Vacaville. He was from the Missouri Hills, as was his wife, Leota. Very nice people. They're, they've both gone to their reward by now. Uh, they have been for quite a while. And um, Charlie used to, he studied under Herbert W. Armstrong, who I don't think was a believer, um, he knew scripture really well, but he wasn't a believer. Uh, their whole thing was the end of the world, you know, and everything else. And and there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, you got to put everything else together along with that in order to get a, you know, a good. It'd be like eating um, potatoes all the time without any steak or meat or whatever. Or if you're a vegan, eating potatoes without other vegetables. Okay. Does that satisfy everybody? Okay. So... Charlie used to always talk about Matthew 24 and he could quote it like there was no tomorrow. Well, to this young drug head, 
that would hang around with his son, who was also a drug head. Um, we, uh, you know, we'd laugh at him. You know, he, he knew Matthew 24. He could quote the whole thing, you know. But for some reason, it got into my head and it got into my psyche. And I started studying Matthew. That's the only thing I ever read was Matthew 24 and 25. Nothing else. But I was like, there's something here. There is something here that makes sense and is true, you know. The whole thing makes sense and is true. Now I realize, you know, I've been a believer for, what, uh, 43, 44 years now. Uh, it will be in July 21st. But um, that's my real birthday, my born-again birthday. Um, but, um, yeah, Yeshua was talking about the end of the world. And um, he talks about um, that he's going to have to shorten time. In other words... It can mean it can mean several things, and it, it, it does mean several things actually. But um, he's talking, uh, and um, uh, let's see. Uh, okay, I'm going to start with 24. And the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. Okay, and then we go into Verse 15, uh, when ye shall therefore see the abomination of desolation spoken of by the prophet the Daniel, standing in the holy place, whoever shall readeth, let him understand. Then let them which be in Judea flee to the mountains. Let them which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of the house. Um, in other words, I read that wrong. Let him that's on the housetop not come down, yeah, to take anything out of his house. In other words, get off the housetop and get out of there. Don't go inside, just leave. Um, Matthew twenty four eighteen. Neither let him which is in the field return back to get his clothes. Uh, and woe to them that are with child in those days, and those who give suck in those days. In other words, women that nurse. But pray to ye, pray ye that the flight not be in winter, neither on the Sabbath day. For then there shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of this world to this time, nor ever shall be. And I'm going to put the word again in there. And then the interesting thing here, and except those days should be shortened, there should be no flesh saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Okay? No flesh shall be saved. Interesting phrase. Because if you're talking about mankind, mankind is made out of flesh, right? All the animals are made out of flesh. So he could be talking about uh, well, no animals will be saved, everything will be killed off, or the animals and most mankind will be killed off. And that's probably what he means. But the thing is that he has to shorten time so that no flesh, uh, or, or that no flesh will be saved. So he's, the word flesh there is interesting. He doesn't say man. Or he doesn't say no human or no person or whatever. He says flesh. Now, could it mean that what's killing off mankind is something that's not flesh? Now, when you think of flesh, you also got to think of bacteria. You know, because they're living creatures. And, uh, well, I don't even want to talk about viri because I'm not so sure they exist. But um, so anyway, it's got to be something that is killing off flesh all the flesh on earth um 
which is interesting. And it can't be talking about the Nephilim doing it because they're flesh, right? Yeah, they're part spirit being too, but they're flesh. Um, so it has to be something that's not flesh that's killing off flesh or killing flesh. Could that be that uh, AI is just trying to take over the world? That AI is um, is killing off mankind because AI has realized it doesn't need mankind anymore? Um, oh, man, where was I going with this? I had another point to make here. Uh, okay, so mankind is being killed off by AI. Um, oh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Now, it, it says in Scripture that, you know, that man, men are going to see the re, the coming, the signs that are coming to the, the return of Yeshua, and they're going to cry for the mountains and rocks to fall on them, which is interesting because we got these dumb bases and all these underground cities, um, so they're probably going to be inhabited by people, probably the elite, um, or, or the elite and rich and, and everybody else like that. Um, I don't think they're going to care about the poor, um, if there's any poor around at that time. Um, but... Um, so it says that the um, the armies of the world are, in Revelation says that the armies of the world are going to uh, make war against uh, Yeshua when he's coming back. Now, I don't care how depraved the man is. Is he's that depraved that he actually could see the son of God coming back and he's going to try to fight against them? I don't know. Could be, right? Could be. Or could it be that AI is abundant on the earth and they're going to try to fight Yahweh, okay? Could it be that they are the armies of the earth? In conjunction with human beings, don't get me wrong. Uh, but are they going to be the leading force? Is the Antichrist, the Anti-Messiah, um, is he going to use this AI to his advantage? Remember, he's going to be able to call down fire from heaven. And that's, uh, see, the scripture seems to think that that's real fire. Okay. It seems to suggest that. And um, so, I don't know. There's a lot of questions when it comes to this stuff. You know, I used to think a lot differently until I realized how the world's going, you know, with, with AI and stuff like that. Um, why would God in, in chapter 10 of Revelation, I do believe it is, 9 or 10, um, with the sixth angel, why would the angel have to eliminate time? Because that's what he does. That's what the, the words mean, uh, that there will be time no longer, okay? means that time is going to be, uh, no longer means something that once was doesn't exist anymore. It's been replaced by something else. That's what the Greek word means, Okay. So time is going to cease to be. So does that mean that uh, we're going to have um, the ability to have time machines? Um, is the Antichrist going to try to escape in a time machine and go back to another time uh, many centuries or millennia ago and try to escape? Well, if there's no time, he can't do that, right? <laughs> um, so there's a reason why he always going to eliminate time. And... Um, and that's going to be really freaky because, you know, that means that uh, the, the present material world is going to be melted with the spiritual world. And some of the ugliness that's on that side, I don't think I want to see. Um, I, I won't see it because I'm going to be in heaven with Yahweh at that time. But as is, are a lot of us that are listening to this today. But, um, 
anyway, it just leaves so many things uh, to ponder and think about and to ask Yahweh Spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, you know, uh, what does he mean? You know, Yeshua, use your Holy Spirit to tell me what is meant by this, you know? Father, make me wise by the Holy Spirit to I, until I can tell these scriptures and read these scriptures and tell what they mean. Yes, they have a surface meaning and it means everything it says, but scripture is like a, um, a book that goes down eternally and then goes up eternally and sideways and, and everything else. And it's it's to think that the rendering that we just read in the words is, is enough is uh, it's sufficient but there's a lot more to it without getting into heretical stuff and everything like that. But, um, well, folks, I've left you with a lot to ponder and a lot to think about. Um, where do we go from here? I think that some of us should um, start writing letters to our representatives demanding that there, like Elon Musk said, that there be some kind of uh, uh, moratorium, so to speak, where um, we, we have to put the stop on this until we can look at it and see where it's going, you know, uh, moratorium. And then, uh, to have regulators go in there and to, to look at these things and, uh, and say, okay, well, you can do this. You can't do that. You can do this. You can't do that. You know? And, um, and why, why, why can't we do that? Well, because it could be detrimental to the human race, you know? And if you, if you're going to argue against that, then, you know, it just shows the depravity of the person that's arguing against it or for it, I should say. Um, so anyway, folks, um, I'm going to go ahead and, um, and close this thing down again. I apologize for not being here on Monday, but I wouldn't have enjoyed it. And I know you wouldn't have um, because I was feeling funky and funkier than I'm feeling today. And um, it just would not have been pretty. Okay. Um, so. I guess, let's see, I talked to Ralph Epperson today, and um, he's got a whole bunch of mailing stuff to do. You know, he's got a lot of orders for books and tapes and everything else, so he's got to take care of that. So he's not going to be on any time this week, maybe next week sometime, possibly. Uh, Brian will be on uh, probably next week. Um, I think Brian's going to an every other week schedule with us, which is okay, you know. And... Um, and I also wanted to say again, and I, please don't get mad at me for saying this every week, but, uh, you know, it's not cheap to put this thing together anymore. And um, if you want to go to givesendgo.com and look for Opposing the Matrix and um, Opposing underscore the underscore Matrix, that's how it's listed. And... Um, and if you could, just give anything you can, okay? We're just trying to raise some money so we can pay for the hosting of this, uh, the websites and everything else. And um, we don't want any more than what we need, okay? I know it says $10,000. I just made it a high amount. Um, whatever we get uh, a blessing, and that's all that matters. Um, I want to add that we're not a 501c3, so anything you give is a gift, Okay, and it's not tax deductible at the end of the year. I don't think anything's tax deductible anymore, is it? Um, not the last time I had my taxes done anyway. I think donations are, though, still. But who knows? Maybe that'll disappear this year. Maybe the IRS will disappear next year. Wouldn't that be nice? Hallelujah and praise the Lord. Um, okay, folks. Well, God bless. Uh, Yahweh bless you. 
Um, may Yahweh bless you and keep you. May he make his face to rise upon you and be gracious unto you. May he watch your going out and coming in, your rising up, your lying down. Uh, may he give you the peace that passes all understanding. And may he, for those of you who believe, may he give you a stronger belief, a stronger faith in him, in Yahweh. And for those of you that don't believe, well, I pray that he just draws you even closer, no matter what he's got to do, to bring you close to him to the point where you've got to say, Yahweh, I, I can't do it on my own anymore. I need you. So that's my prayer for each and every one of you. So that covers everybody. <laughs> so anyway, um, be blessed. Have a great uh, weekend. And I'll be back on Monday, barring illness. But I think I got that out of the way. So uh, I pray I did. <laughs> so, hey, have a have a glorious weekend, okay? And I'll talk to you soon. Bye.